0: Hi and welcome to the Big Schmear, the podcast about Jewish food. I'm Beth Schenker, your host, and I'm happy to have you join me for my episode on Passover with my good friend Chef Laura Frankel. For those of you not already familiar with Laura, she holds the title of the first guest on the Big Schmear. Hi, Laura. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. We are so cold here. First day of spring, and it's freezing in Chicago. Really cold, unpleasant. I'm not going to read a little bio, but I am going to ask Laura what she's up to these days because she's always into new things.
1: Right. So I am still working on my third book, and my revelation as of late is all about vegetables. So I am knee-deep in dirt and vegetables and writing like a crazy maniac. Um, I think it's it's a food group that we often take for granted. It's a side dish that should be the main and so I'm re-looking at everything green and other colors as well. Can you remind me of the, I don't know if you have
0: a title yet for your cookbook, but what your cookbook, the new cookbook well, is about? Well, the
1: cookbook is really about clean food, but I think I've gone a step further and it's now just green food. Um, and everything that grows and um, that comes from the ground. And so it's with no artificial ingredients, all clean and from scratch, whole ingredients, whole foods um and all the good stuff that we should be eating more of and it should take up the majority of the real estate on your plate yeah i'm not so good with that (laughs) Uh, none of not a lot of people are and and until recently i started really rethinking it and looking at it and and once you start to make that switch it it totally changes the way you feel and everything about you
0: well i'm excited to see the cookbook when it comes out because hopefully that will help me Close, you know, move to that side, <laughs> move to that empty section on my plate, which yes. we'll have more veggies. So speaking of greens, um, I think that's a great way for us to just start talking about Passover. And my feeling is that Passover is really one of the most popular holidays, Jewish holidays, because, you know, to be honest, we where does the holiday take place? Well, it takes place at your dining room table, what's on the table, lots of food and lots of wine. Right. So you know it's the winning combo, and um, for for those for all of those folks out there who celebrate Passover, depending on um, what your family traditions are and um, how religious you are, you could be having one seder, you could have two, and and some people even have seders at the very end of the holiday. So it just depends, and always always great food on the table. And I'm wondering if we could start by maybe talking a little bit about
1: the ritual foods on the table that people will find. Right. So I think um, one of the one of the foods that we just sort of turn up our noses or take for granted is the horseradish. And it's really important. And the way I like to present it, it's I don't take it out of a jar. I grind my own really fresh or grate it by hand. And it comes out just, and it, it hits your palate, but because it doesn't have any oil in it, instead it hits your palate kind of harshly. And then it goes away right right away. So it doesn't linger like an, like a chili pepper would because of the natural oils in it. Oh. So it's like a big hard hit and then it goes. And it's delicious with vegetables. So if did you know that if you take that same horseradish, since you got to buy a big hunk of it anyways, <laughs> and grate it on some vegetables while they're roasting, it actually becomes kind of sweet and nutty. Whoa,
0: and it, I know that. it's a
1: really cool transformation. It's also good on fish. So if you take... Um, One of the other spring things that we throw on the table not necessarily at the seder but is potatoes like the new potatoes and all those cute fingerlings if you take that with the horseradish and crust some fish with it it's amazing and it it's a new way of looking at the holiday instead of just all these big pieces of meat but instead kind of lighten it up a little bit
0: oh that's great uh any other
1: comments about some of the other things that you'll find i mean haroset i think it's like everyone's perennial favorite and I think that to make it fun, not to just serve one horoset flavor, make a couple of them. So everyone, you know, the Ashkenaz Jews are doing the apples and the walnuts and the grape juice with the honey and all that stuff, right? It's Yeah, like, that's what I grew up with. Exactly. It's what everyone it's what everyone knows. I like it chunky. Some people like it fine. Whatever. But I like to look at other horosets as well with dried fruit and cinnamon and um, cardamom in it so that it's like a little more exotic and then um i came up with my own one a few years ago with strawberries where you mash the strawberries and you mix in a little bit of rose water and orange sections like blood oranges Uh and and because if you look at what's available to you here in as you mentioned cold chicago we don't have a lot going on. Um, <laughs> you got, like, the end of one season, which is the oranges, and the beginning of the other season, which are the strawberries. We're pretty ways far from that. Yeah. But you can, you know, try and perk yourself up with some in the <laughs> store. But I think, like, having a horosa tasting is fun and pass it around. I mean, the Seder, it, it is the most widely celebrated Jewish holiday is, is Passover with the Seder. And so if you've got family, adults, kids, whomever have like fun with it and make it interesting and and talk and schmooze and and may, let it linger a little bit. So a couple of different herosits, you know, a couple of spoonfuls make it fun. And then you'll eat the leftovers all week long because exactly. what else do you have? Right? It <laughs> took away all my favorite foods. So <laughs> so we're just gonna have herosit, you know, right. on masa or not, and matzo. wine, and <laughs> wine. Well, that's there you go. And and it's delicious and it's fun and and use different combinations of dried fruit. Use fresh things. Just have fun with it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually thinking about exactly that. And it seems like when people are making horoset, it's also it is about Ashkenazi background, Sephardic background, and so you. And then there's the Mizrahi.
1: so you can do some Mizrahi stuff. You can do, like, more of the hard spices with it. The cardamom, the coriander seeds, that kind mm. of stuff in it, which is fun. And, you know, depending upon the the way you follow the holiday and, and kidney out and that kind of stuff, so everyone needs to do what makes them happy. Right. But I think it's, like a way to have more fun conversation instead of like a perfunctory, okay, what do we do next? You know, now it's the Hillel sandwich. <laughs> that kind of thing. It's like, well, let's have fun with <laughs> it and really eat it and enjoy it and really think about it. It's it's supposed to be like a thought-provoking moment. So what better way for my brain to work than with something in my mouth? Yeah, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Um, let's see. Oh, Any other... Um,
0: I, I guess I've noticed that there's been some changes or updates to ritual foods. Like some people have an orange now right. on their Seder
1: plate. And Do, do we, do we really... actually eat the orange or do they just gaze at it? I think we gaze. We gaze, yeah. It's... We point at it and gaze. Yes. And I'm all for that. I mean, I think bringing a holiday relevant to make it relevant for you and front and center forward in your life and, and have purpose to it, Put an orange on there. <laughs> Gaze all you want. But I'm only interested in the parts that I get to eat. So, yeah. yeah, this one's just... I think it's
0: just for show, really. Yeah, I think so. So one of the great things about, and you just touched on this, about the Passover Seder is people, people look forward to those traditional foods. Now, I'm not just talking about the ritual foods, but I'm talking about their own family right. traditional foods. And I wonder if you could talk about this in in terms of the depth and breadth of what people might find on various traditional Seder dinner tables, depending on whether your family is Ashkenazi or you came from
1: Italy or you came from Greece or whatever. I I think one of the cool things about these holidays is that you can walk into a house, your, your own house, your mother's house, your kid, you know, whatever. And if there's Bobby's chicken soup cooking it it brings back memories. It just brings you back, you know, to childhood, to watching it boiling and soup, and that that smell of chicken on on Bobby's mm-hmm. fingers and all that kind of stuff. Whatever, and it sounds kind of funny, but it but it really takes you back. And it, and it's part of memories kitchen. I think it's like the the saying of it's in memories kitchen, and and I think that those things are really important. And so. For many of us Ashkenazi Jews, we would find the matzo ball soup. We would find the gefilte fish, hopefully homemade. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not the stuff floating in the jar. Right. Sorry to those who make the stuff in the jar. Oh, but um, Liz, Liz, Liz is happy to hear you say this Yeah, the, the
0: gefilteria. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. For sure. Make your own. It's yeah. um, It's delicious. And, and then brisket or chicken or sometimes turkey. And it's usually some big protein thing. And then this is where my whole veggie thing comes into play is I like to see vegetables. People don't have a lot of traditions for vegetables. They don't. I know, right? Nobody has like their favorite spring leek recipe. No, they don't. Except All right. Coming soon. <laughs> um, but I think that's where you get to kind of play with it a little bit and introduce a couple new things of your own to make it, you know, and either they end up in, you know, the next year's pile of of recipes to bring back or you try and try again. But I think there's some of those traditions that just keep coming back over and over again. And, um, a lot of the Sephardic Jews because they're, they're having a really much better time of the holiday than we are with rice and and grains and stuff. um, So you guys go out there, (laughs) you guys have fun with it, but they're also not eating the heavy meats. They're more likely to do uh, a spicy fish dish, which I love, where it's the whole fish and it's in a spicy sauce that's similar to like matbucha, but it's so delicious. What is that? It's creme and it's just a spicy fish with sauce and it's amazing and frequently served with rice. Mm. We're not having that. No. No. The closest you get is like a cauliflower pulsed in a food processor. (laughs) Which, to look like rice. Yeah, but Which is not, not rice, rice no. no. But, and yet, you know, the holiday, it's like you kind of go into it like grumbling or whatever. But if you try and feel what it comes like to emerge out of it, you're, you've changed. You are different. Not just physically because you've given up all this kind of cloggy, bready stuff. But also you're just changed because you feel, you know, you've come, you've come through something. And if your Seder went well you've thought about you know what it feels like to not be free and what it feels like to be enslaved whether it's theoretically enslaved to our jobs and money and this and that or whether it's literal mm-hmm. and so i think you do it's kind of an emergence it's 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 a great holiday it's like a gift yeah. to make you stop and think i can't think of any other religion and i and i i've done a lot of reading about religions is that you there's no other gift like that where you you sit and really analyze and think about what if it were things weren't for the way they are here? And yeah. now we're really pretty blessed. So. And that's true of a number of our holidays yes. too. Which. It's it's a very introspective thing. It's not about receiving, but it's really uh, just about thinking and and trying to puzzle it out and what it would feel like and what did it feel like. So it makes you really appreciate it, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. Yeah, I do too. Um, you touched
0: on one thing that I was going to ask you about, and that is. It's kind of hard to to break into those family traditional um, meals and bring in new stuff. Like if you want to be adding your individual touch to this, or maybe this is your first Passover and you want to have something that says you. Right. And so I wonder if you have some any other advice. I mean, yeah. I think going with the vegetables and the side dishes is yeah. a great way to kind of get people used to that. Right. Um,
1: any other thoughts about that? You know, I think there's a lot of things like that. And, and back to, you know, Bubby's stuff is that sometimes some of these desserts, um, I, I always pick on the desserts because it's like the first place that things go bad in the <laughs> meal. It's taking matzah that's ground up into dust and trying to pretend it's flour. It's not. I'm sorry for everyone out there who's thinking like, "Oh no, yeah." I mean, <laughs> let's let's just keep the food real, and that's like my first place to kind of like look at at the at the recipes a little bit and to try to come up with something new. There's like really great products out there for Passover. There's amazing bittersweet chocolate that's available, so you don't feel like you're giving up anything in that mm-hmm. department. There's beautiful fruit available. Though not in Chicago, um, <laughs> and right there you have the beginnings of a great dessert. You have wine, you have eggs. I mean, you can do a lot right there. Even a simple meringue, you know, with a with a berry compote on it and a drizzle of chocolate, is already better than some of those. Cake boxes. Those cake boxes or some of those, yeah, matzo meal things. And I know everyone's out there going like, I like my matzo meal brownies. I know you do. (laughs) But let's be honest, they're not good. (laughs) You didn't use butter. I mean, right there, things went bad. And then you didn't use flour. You used matzo meal. Oh, it just smells awful. It smells awful wet. But... um, (laughs) yeah sorry, <laughs> I'm not a fan, but I'm not a fan of uh you know I eat what you need to eat during the satyrs and then I try to go back to real food because I think that's what the holiday is also is like this emerging from our old habits and having new habits at least for those few days, and to give up something I don't think is such a great thing to ask, so to try and sub and use faux things doesn't sit with me so here here's the question um, and we were just talking about those boxes of the
0: cake, yeah you mix. know. And so um, I'm used to seeing those on my grocery store shelves, and I ignore them. But then there's the people who who don't even get that kind of food on their grocery store shelves because they're in a community where there aren't very many Jews, and so they have very, very few choices about kosher for Passover foods. And so I'm wondering what advice or suggestions you might have for people. And I'm not talking about the Seder. I'm talking about... The rest of the week right where people feel like they have to eat matzah you know ad nauseum right
1: right and that plays havoc
0: with you anyway well but...
1: amazingly enough it comes back to our other talk about the vegetables <laughs> so keeping it real like i i think eating real food for that week and, and let's be honest that holiday is all about cooking and cleaning up and then you Guess what? Cook and clean up again. And you just keep doing that over and over again. Because really, you don't go out to restaurants. You eat home. It becomes a very inward type of thing. Um, maybe if you're lucky enough to be invited to friends' houses, but then you probably have to cook something for them. <laughs> so I'm all about keeping the food real. And and I think that it's a way to um, clean up your own food act and to not rely on those boxes of products and the air sats ingredients that are so prevalent in the grocery stores this time of year for us. So... I usually stay out of that aisle and I shop heavy in the produce aisle and then off to the eggs. You know, where dozens of eggs can be had. Right. And will be. <laughs> and, and and we, we will use be. dozens of those yeah, eggs. Yeah. And I th- and I don't feel constrained by that at all. I think you can do really well learning to f- perfect the art of the roasted potato <laughs> and 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 some great veggies and Swiss chard and asparagus and whatever mushrooms you can get your hands on. And That's like amazing, great eating right there. I think people forget about that. I think they do too because I think they're so busy trying to figure out the latest, greatest kugel recipe or some other thing like that, which at the end of the day ends up being not very satisfying. And if you ever turn over that box of matzah... And look at the nutritional ingredients in it. There's nothing. It's zero, 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 all the way up and down. I know. And it doesn't do a, a great thing to your stomach either. So skip it. Eat what you need to for the holiday. And I know the kids love it with cream cheese or butter on it. And and then the uh, ever-present matzo pizza. Oh, my I kids. I have kids. Those. Oh, my God. My kids grew up on that stuff. They loved it. My youngest son um, wanted me to take... Sheets of matzah, smear sauce on it, melt cheese on it under the broiler, and that's what he would eat. Really? It's re- it's revolting. Sorry, Jonah. <laughs> but it was revolting. But he did it, and it was something for him to eat. And, you know, I don't know why I was so happy he was eating it. I'm like, oh, thank God he's eating. But what is he eating? He's eating nothing. It's, it's horrible. But, you know, I think that... Um, there's plenty of other ways to make things interesting for your kids and for yourself and, and to kind of, like, look away from the box. So think outside the box, folks. <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah, think yeah, outside literally the box. literally think outside that box and, and hang out in the produce aisle. There's some great produce out there. Try something new. Uh, people don't think of, like, you know, making coleslaw by hand and using kohlrabi oh. and great things like that. It's so refreshing and good for you, and you'll probably need it after the season. <laughs> So do you have any, um, although you did
0: just share a little story, do you have any other Passover stories, um, a funny one, or doesn't have to be funny, actually.
1: It's, you know, it's usually it's with my kids and all that they would eat. Each one of them had their quirks, and it's always like the food jags come out during the holiday and something like that with Jonah with his matzo pizza. Although I, one year um, he was in high school, and I was like, I didn't, he wanted like chips, potato chips to go with like his, his lunch or something, his matzah. Yeah. Sandwich. Lunch. Right. Matzah sandwich. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I was at the grocery store and I looked at the matzah, the kosher for Passover potato chips and they had like, they were made with horrible oil. It's, that's the other thing. Think outside that box because the oil is terrible. They use the really bad oils in this food. They use cottonseed oil. Oh. It's not a food crop, folks. It's what we make our bedsheets out of. Anyway. And so I made homemade potato chips. I was like a goddess <laughs> that day. He was like, oh, homemade. He didn't even know that was possible. He's like, how did you do that? It always <laughs> comes in a bag. I know. But so then it became a thing Then I had to do it all the time. Oh. So yeah, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah. Oh
0: my. Uh, well, you st- so you started to talk about desserts. Any other any other dessert thoughts or ideas for us?
1: Yeah, I mean use chocolate, use eggs, make soufflés out of it. Oh. You can make a soufflé. It's not to be feared. The soufflé is your friend. <laughs> I tried once and it was not my friend oh, but it was a long time ago yeah I'm sure you got it now and no. you know and you know who to call to come over and help you that's true <laughs> that's true but souffles are amazing and you can do meringues and you could do the flourless chocolate cake everyone's like oh flourless chocolate. but it's so delicious and yours truly has a chocolate mousse recipe that's like out there all over the place so look for Laura Frankel's Extra virgin olive oil chocolate mousse. Oh, and I'll, I'll put it on the website. Yeah, and it's out there. It's all over the place. It's delicious. It
0: is delicious. I've
1: had it before. Yeah. It's amazing. You've probably had it a million times. I haven't, but not at, no. But I remember thinking. When I was with Wolfgang Puck, I think I made it like every other minute. Like yeah. Like every other day. I was like knee deep in chocolate. And I kept thinking <laughs> olive oil chocolate oh my god how can this possibly work it's delicious but it does yeah it does and and everyone who's cooking and if you're on your way to the grocery store right now listening to this don't reach for any other oil except extra virgin olive oil for the holiday and most extra virgin olive oils are kosher for passover because they're just yeah they're it's fruity and it's luscious and wonderful and it melts the chocolate at body temperature so it swirls this chocolate all around your mouth when you're eating it so this chocolate mousse recipe look for it it's great and it's and you serve it in cute little dessert glasses pile some berries on it or nuts or whatever your family's into go for it and now i need to have some yeah (laughs) i'm gonna have to stop
0: at the store and buy some stuff (laughs) some chocolate and
1: eggs and olive oil that's it that's all it takes amazing yeah any other things we
0: should mention about Passover and food, seders? I'm kind of...
1: Yeah, I, th- I think once you get past the seder, and everyone does what they... I've written a, mil- a million articles about seder recipes. But everyone does what Bubby made, because that's what they want to remember. And they want to feel like they're part of that, and, and then the generations pass it on. And that's great. It's the rest of the week that's tough for everybody. Right. It's the, like, down the the gritty, okay, now what's for dinner? And I think if you look t- literally to the produce aisle, it's endless opportunities. I think meat, meat kind of tell you know, it's one, it's a one-way trip for a brisket. It's You know what to do with brisket. It's pretty straightforward. Chicken's the same way. But, you know, some great Swiss chard is like you can do so many things with it. You can make little, you know, cakes and patties out of it with potatoes and other veggies. You can saute it. You can fry it. You can do a lot. You can puree it. You could do everything with it, so hit the veggie aisle, folks. Yeah, I'm all excited. Yeah, it sounds Egg great. Eggplants, your new friend. <laughs> it sounds
0: fantastic. Well, thanks, Laura. Thank um, you. It's always great to talk to you. And um, this is our first show about Passover, so that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, always.
0: Yeah, and uh, so for everybody out there, have a have a great holiday, and happy eating. Our engineer is Steve Robinson, and our theme music is performed by Cavatina Duo. Their music can be heard on their C D Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. Check out thebigshmere.com to download a past episode of the podcast and see recipes shared by my guests. That's thebigschmear.com. Schmear is spelled S-C-H-M-E-A-R. I'm Beth Shanker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening and have a very happy Passover. Kaisa samea